0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Timeless Voyager, where the knowledge is timeless and you are the voyager. Today's guests are Dr. J.J. Hertak, Ph.D., and Dr. Desiree Hertak, Ph.D. They are the founders of the Academy for Future Science. Dr. J.J. Hertak wrote the bestseller, The Keys of Enoch, and together... They have written numerous other books, including Over Self-Awakening and Mind Dynamics in Space and Time. Uh, they've co-authored with physicist Dr. Elizabeth Rauscher, uh, Examining Quantum Physics and the Power of the Mind, End of Suffering, with physicist Russell Targ, their latest book, Sound, number one on Amazon, for the physics of acoustics and sound. They are contributors to both our moment of choice, which includes their insights on consciousness, together with over 40 other internationally respected writers like Deepak Chopra and Dr. Bruce Lipton, and finally, making contact with chapters by Nick Pope and Linda Moulton Howe. They have appeared on Netflix, BBC Radio, Gaia TV, Coast to Coast AM Deepak Chopra's Wellness Radio, which is on Sirius XM, Hay House Radio, and many others. Their website, and this is for people that are listening, K-E-Y-S-O-F-E-N-O-C-H. That's keysofenoch.org. Welcome to Timeless Voyager.
1: It's a pleasure to be with you. Bruce, we're looking forward to an exciting program.
2: And Bruce, we wanted to thank you for that work that you did many years ago with Gladys Ivers-Clark, one of our local representatives in Sedona. I think she was close to 100 years of age, and you were able to have an interview with her on the Keys of Enoch. And so since that time, the teaching has gone around the world several times, and we're just honored to be with you and the outreach that we represent to bring spirituality and science together in marriage.
1: And I have to say, uh, we're actually spending a lot of time now in Sedona um, recently because it really has become a hub of people who are looking for deeper answers. And, you know, a lot of people have left the cities and really sought a kind of spiritual energy, spiritual community, and Sedona has attracted many, and we're having a great time there uh, for many months of the year. And we
2: also connect with the Indigenous people or the tribal leaders we're connected with the Chavanti peoples of Brazil. We're honorary chiefs. We represent them and as well as the other tribes in that critical part of the world. And so we're involved with environmental issues, ecological issues, but primarily the spiritual and the scientific of how we as a humanity have a positive future if we take the higher path. And that comes through humility, compassion, and understanding the true wisdom It brings all of these realities together in unity and harmony.
0: Great start. You know, uh, as I said to you before we started the program, I don't know where we're going to go with this today, because I think that's the best way to interview the two of you. It's like it's how I interviewed Iris. So why don't we start with what you feel would be the best way to do this do you want to start with the keys of enoch and, and introduce tell people about the book itself i'll bring it, the picture of it up if you'd like and and we could do yeah, that
1: that's, that's great yeah dr Hertak in the early 70s had a unique experience where he was taken into other realities this was not at et abduction and it also was not a drug experience. So he was able to see some very unique things when he was taken into these other realities.
2: I was a young professor, and I had to explain teaching Oriental philosophy, the meaning of avatars, the meaning of angels, etc., etc. I had the opportunity to work with Tibetan uh, as well as uh, Vietnamese Buddhist scholars But in my own practice and my research, I began to concentrate on the names of God and spiritual expressions of the divine experience. And putting these expressions together with musical harmonics, I experienced what I call a morphogenic pathway that opened up. And my body was literally biolocated or taken into a higher dimension of light by being we would call of angelic proportion that stood before me. Now, Some years later, I had experiences similar to that in Mexico and in Brazil. I'm showing the picture to your audience taken in Tulu, Mexico. If you can look at the bottom of the screen, those of you watching the program, you'll see the face of a woman that's being photographed by her husband. And in that split second, a light also appears around my body. In the center of the picture, you will see a light envelope. My translator at that time was taken off guard, and he is painting backwards towards the wall at Tulum, which happens to be part of the pyramidal complex. But that is one small part of what I will call the paraphysical phenomena that led me into contact with Dr. Andre Puharic, who worked with the American government, was an advisor to President Kennedy and others on the highest level of mind-over-matter studies that were later carried out at Stanford Research Institute. And so... That set in motion a blueprint of 64 areas of science. Many of these have now come to pass in terms of scientific verification.
1: Right. So a few things in the book, actually, Dr. Jack, word for word, said our sun is a variable star. And actually, of course, this is back in the 70s, and and you have one of the first editions, which came out then. There's not many changes. A few footnotes and expanded vocabulary is about the only difference. If anyone has the first edition, it's great. Um, And actually, Goddard, NASA, came out about the year 2000 with one of the scientists saying the exact same words. Now, what's interesting about that, even today, is, you know, our sun is supposed to go into cycles of solar max and solar minimum. And they're expecting the solar maximum to come out. They call it solar cycle 25, which would be 2025, just happens to be. They've been counting it for 25 cycles, and the 25th is supposed to be 2025. But now they're looking, because it is a variable star, that actually our solar max might even come up in 2024. So these are things that scientists are looking at, that Dr. Jack had already acknowledged a couple other things was one of the unique uh, statements he made in about two keys of Enoch and we're on our way to Egypt actually very shortly for uh, with uh, our associates is that he said that the one of the star shafts in the Great Pyramid points to Orion. And of course, then later, uh, Baval and others made that popular. Of course, Baval was saying that all three pyramids represent the, the uh, three stars in the, connected with the belt and Orion. And we agree with that as well. So there were a lot of things about even past, present, and future that Dr. Jack mentions in the Keys of Enoch. So
2: humanity is caught up with the Keys of Enoch. What we said 50 years ago, we're in the 50th year, the year of jubilation have come to pass over 80 scientific confirmations. Now, I could not have this knowledge, even as a young scholar. I was given this knowledge as a result of seeing uh, through the, shall we say, the biolocation experience of light, beings of light that changed my life around and allowed my wife and I to, shall we say, be educators of a positive future in spite of the difficulties, the changes, the horrendous climate change difficulties, we will be helped, we believe, by cosmic forces of intelligence.
1: I just want to say a few other points. Uh, There's a map in the book, a couple of maps, but one shows the grid points around the planet. The other one shows ancient sites. It's in Key 215. And one of the places there is the Isle of Flores. Now, this is over by Japan in that area. And what's interesting is that after the fact, that line it's based on a whole grid point all around the earth starting with the great pyramid and this line goes right through the isle of Flores, and that's exactly where they found homo Florinensis, which is an ancient species that was on the planet it was actually you could call the hobbits that were here
2: that was 30 years after i published the map in the book and so the map divides the world into 12 different regions with spokes longitudinal and that of course is in Flores, Indonesia. It explains uh, the fact that the human race has been upgraded many times by cosmic intelligence and so from one side of the world Indonesia with the hobbits to Africa with the giant footprints that we also found in the later uh, 1970s there is a, a map of evolution. So In so many short words, we're being given a cosmic roadmap to look up, to realize we're part of a cosmic family, to go beyond the the negative separation of science, spirituality, and what we will call psychology, and to reinvest our thoughts and ideas into finding solutions.
1: Here's the map we're talking about. Okay. You can see the... Uh, over here on this side, here's the, the Isle of Flores. Isle of Flores.
2: That's where he's pointing with your finger.
1: And you can see it's based on. Actually, it all starts with the Great Pyramid. So we'd like to keep that's,
2: it. That's uh, marked a, with a, a larger pyramid highlighted over Egypt, where we're going to be continuing our research underneath the pyramid, where we found the tomb of Osiris in 1997. With the use of musical instruments and ground-penetrating radar, the Egyptian authorities, however, took over the experiment and the finding as their own. Uh, they didn't want to, shall we say, diminish the American influence, but that's just the way politics works with archaeology. But now we're being recognized, two years before Azai Hawass made these claims on Fox Television in that we were the original investigators, explorers in the finding of the Osiris tomb. What does this mean? It means from A to Z, that we're beginning to go back in history and realize that the human race has been around uh, thousands of years earlier, going back 20,000, 30,000 years, that we're finding documents that show that our ancestors were in touch with the Star Nations, as they're referred to by the indigenous people, even the Hopis in Arizona, that we have misbehaved in the use of science and technology, and we brought the world to a point of biospheric collapse. We need to change our attitudes, our directions, our agenda, to be positive thinkers and realize that we are all together. And this is really the hallmark of what we will call in the New Testament teachings, the Christ figure, mm. the consciousness of love and divine purpose that gives us a higher reason for being in this incarnation form of the human body.
1: But well, we do see this is going to be a positive future for really all of us, but we have to realize, one, that we're not alone in the universe, another thing that the Keys of Enoch talk about, and also we mentioned in a book called Making Contact, which has, as you mentioned earlier in our bio, Nick Pope and and many other speakers, Linda Mullen Howe. Yes, thank you. It really says that in terms of our chapter, there's extraterrestrial Levels of intelligence. There's what we would call extra celestial. These are beings that are, you know, maybe manifesting in bodies, but still somewhat localized. uh, I would just say bodies of light energy and coming to teach like spiritual guides, one could say. And then there's what we call ultra-terrestrial or the angelic powers. So it's quite a cosmology that Dr. Hurtak experienced when he went to the other side. And there are these levels of intelligence, all of which are here for the most part to help us. Not every extraterrestrial species, but a lot of them are here to help. And I think they're trying to help to stabilize the planet as much as possible.
2: Think of this, Bruce, also in terms of a totem pole that you see In Alaska or Canada, which you have the different faces, and then at the top you have the bird man, usually representing the mind of man that can soar through space or humanity that connect with the branches of the cosmic family. We are in the process of rediscovering through what is known as government disclosures throughout the world, that realization that we're not alone. And this would be the lower end of the, the roots of the tree, other cosmologies that coexists with the human race. As we climb up the tree of life into more diversified patterns, a biological diversity throughout our consciousness, we begin to see, wow, there's other branches, other branches, and in those branches, we see other life forms that do do not depend solely upon technology, but use consciousness, the power of the mind to propel themselves, or even use a non-physical form of communication through their thoughts, these would be the extra celestials that Desiree is referring to, and at the very top, instead we would call them the angelic or the operators, we simply use the word ultra those who are able to go beyond evolution into non-evolution. They don't need to incarnate or come back for short life periods, but they exist in terms of a management that exists for in our time frame. Uh, almost an endless process of evolutionary experience.
1: And Bruce, we want to hear from you, but this is what's so exciting. We feel we're on the verge of understanding that really are we not just not alone in the universe, but it's vast and we're part of the cosmos and beings of higher intelligence, not just local intelligence, have been watching, helping and trying to allow us to evolve and even move out into space or move out into higher consciousness realms.
0: You know, just to be kind, people don't need to hear from me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's such a great, uh, I just feel so honored that you guys would be able to show up. And I know a lot of people don't know this. You're actually in Switzerland right now. So, That's right. um, we're, uh, I'm just happy to have you here. And frankly, um, I'll I'll do what I do. I'm just gonna be happy to just listen to you and, and if I see something I wanna know about, I'll ask. But right now I am enjoying this, I hope as much as the audience is. Well
2: we're stones throw away from the home of Carl Gustav Jung. We recognized his great break with um uh, Freud, led to a realization that the powers of the mind are beyond the emotional body. And of course, uh Jung opened the door to other thinkers, a whole new direction of psychology, philosophy in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. Here we are now in a new century, the 21st century, and young people wondering, is there a future? What are we to make of the misuse of environmental resources? What are we to make of what I will call the challenge of AI, that we simply reproduce ourselves in a robotic or semi-robotic form without a spiritual side, that is to say, a ethical side of purpose? And of course, Desiree and I have been joined by hundreds of researchers, uh, engineers, and thinkers throughout the world to enlarge this cosmic roadmap. No, we're here to realize that Mother Earth is a schoolhouse. A time has come now to graduate. We can either close the doors, burn down the schoolhouse, and dismiss the teachers, or we can reinvent ourselves by understanding how our ancestors in Egypt and other parts, in India, other parts of the world had amazing mathematical Astronomies, psychologies, but the emphasis in the ancient cultures was on the co creative ability of the human, that we were not alone, isolated, but no, we were working with the Godhead. We were working with the spiritual thinkers, the Christ like figures that govern the greater universe. And so my experience certainly has been shared with others, and other mystics also have opened the door, like Jung, to the great possibility that we are really at the very beginning of a whole new stage of the book of life.
1: So we can look extensively, you know, at the physical reality. I mean, right now we are in Switzerland, and it's a very, very unusually hot time, and even the Alps are feeling the pressure. Or we can look at consciousness. And it's interesting that uh, certain tribes in Africa, when they had problems, they actually sat down together and said, when they had climate problems, especially lack of rain or whatever, they sat down together to say, what can we do? How can we improve who we are? How can we change our consciousness, first and foremost, to get to a better state, and then they believe the rains would come. And we use consciousness quite a bit. We've worked with remote viewing. You mentioned the book Mind Dynamics in Space and Time. This is all about the Stanford Research Institute work that was done with Russell Targ, Hal Putoff, and then it goes into, and with our friend uh, Elizabeth Rauscher, it goes into the science of quantum physics because we believe quantum physics is at the heart of a lot of what we do and that there's multiple possibilities so anytime anyone is saying this is the only solution they're not usually tapping into the higher quantum field what's the quantum field it means the consciousness field that not only encircles the planet as a global field but actually encircles the universe and we would say if you can tap into it even greater realms throughout the universe, we'll say cosmic dimensions as well. So this is part of our work. And so we have solutions for literally everything that's needed. And there are beings, we believe, that are helping us to implement those solutions. And in some cases, doing some of the work for us, which we should really be doing for ourselves.
2: We think of this new book as The Real X-Files, the secret work that was done over 20 years by Russell Tarr, Carol Putoff, Elizabeth Rauscher, and other colleagues to show once and for all there is truth to the fact that we're here in this dimension, but our mind can take us into other dimensions. And the key word is consciousness, capital C, or superconsciousness, that we're in this dimension, but we have the ability, if we wish, and the intention, if we wish, and the higher love, if we wish, to go into other dimensions through the portals of consciousness. So there's a whole music vibration we call acoustical physics, There's a whole energy vibration we will call the working with the quantum field or the hidden variable of linking minds together. And there's a whole new physics we call physics of consciousness reality where we co-create or co-participate in a unique way of being activists rather than pacifists. We must make an active operation to collapse the consciousness field and to use it and focus it so that we can do more than just passive reflection.
1: And people have talked about, you know, well, remote viewing first and foremost, and this is, the book shows many examples, including our work with Elizabeth Rauscher when we were in Egypt and we had a remote view one day and she didn't know where we were, could have been at the pyramids or whatever, but she remote viewed a very unusual, we'll say pillar and a blue door. And we happened to be at one of the universities there and we took a picture right at that time when she was remote viewing. And you can see this very, tall unusual pillar and the blue door was a like a cobalt blue it's kind of a metal thing it was very unusual behind us. so that's just showing how remote viewing works and in addition to that um we've worked with ingo swan and russell targ and ingo did a study with harold sherman where he remote viewed jupiter and what did he see there? Well, you know, we all know there's rings around Saturn, but no one in 1973, when he did this research, thought that there was a ring around Jupiter. But nevertheless, he reported this, and it's been officially documented, you can actually Google it, that he saw a ring around Jupiter. It wasn't until 1979 that we sent, I believe it was the Voyager Pro out to, and what did Voyager see? a ring around Jupiter and he, describing also the atmosphere, exactly what Ingo Swan showed. So we're just saying, you know, that these are possibilities to be able to remote view something off planet. And we believe you can actually remote view way beyond that. And it just. In
2: fact, I worked with Harold Sherman on some remote viewing situations, and we were able to see uh, pyramids on Mars, our sister planets. This was highly debatable. I couldn't publish this in any scientific journal. I had to go uh, to Germany, I had to go to Brazil to find those sympathetic with the evidence and the resolution on the highest levels of satellite work of what Mariner and I was able to bring back in the Lasium Quad Triangle, which is why I asked permission from NASA authorities to get proof of my prediction and what I saw. And so I received the, the pictures that I published in the Keys of Enoch. Some of you who have the historic book now through its nine editions, we'll realize it does raise. turning to the page of the major and minor pyramids in the Lazian Quad Triangle, hundreds of times larger than the pyramids in Egypt. Now, keep in mind that when you go to Egypt, the Arabic word for Cairo, that area where the pyramids are located, is called Al-Kahira in Arabic, which means the spacious one, or Mars. And so why did the ancients align, as it were, the names or linguistic labels between Giza, Cairo, Egypt, with Mars, unless there was a situation where perhaps, in some unique way, cosmic intelligence had uh, originated on a different planetary system and made its way to our planet. In fact, some of my colleagues at Jet Propulsion Lab actually believe that life began first on Mars, which was first in the Goldilocks zone before it came to planet Earth, but that's another story. The point of the keys of Enoch is every one of our assertions, every one of our models has been proven, including the genetic code as part of the name of God, or yod he vod Yod as it was referred to by the ancient prophets, is a use of four basic letters in the design of the four basic elements of life.
1: It's actually three letters in four places. Which is interesting that there's four, uh, we'll say, special nucleobases that make for the coding of our DNA, but only three are used. So it's really a combination. And this is something Dr. Jack came out with in the 70s, and it's been popularized by other authors. What does this really
2: mean? It means that we are uh, a creation of a much earlier creation.
1: Well, that we're, we're part of a higher creation. In other words, you know, we didn't... Uh, it's One of the cosmology of the Keys of Enoch is we didn't end up with five fingers and five toes and, you know, a head and all this just by happenstance growing out of the little fish of the sea that finally made it to who we are. And that's why when you see angelic powers... You go back even to the Bible, which I know a lot of people nowadays don't even want to hear from. But you go back to the Bible and it says that we took on garments of skin. Well, what so we have we, a
2: cosmic counterpart.
1: But what were we before we took on garments of skin? We were in light energy. And it's very easy. And this is our, the work of Peter Garayev. And we did an article on our other website called futurescience.org uh, about the fact that there's linguistic wave genetics. In other words, that first the DNA was a light frequency that then became a physical matter. And that's true for everything that we are. And of course, it's only a matter of shifting certain DNA codes to to get a pig or to get, you know, something else. And we do believe that there are kind of genetic engineers out there that are playing. I mean, if you really want to say that a giraffe got to have that long neck as he kept reaching up for the next tree branch. I mean, really, I have something else. I have a used car I can sell you. So we're starting to understand that that's not how things are done.
2: So the cosmic blueprint of evolution is not limited to Mother Earth. Evolution doesn't stop with Mother Earth. Our heaven and our earth are only fruits on a much larger tree that has similar fruits. And there is thus a genetic correspondence. And this is what I talked about in 19... uh, 79, and this was published in the book that we just mentioned by Ellen Steinfeld, Making Contact, where in chapter three I refer to the actual release of information, Mexico City, in July of nineteen ninety-seven, where I spoke about the extraterrestrial species that I was shown pictures of by authorities in Mexico and other parts of the world. This information pretty much was sensitive at that time, and very few journalists were willing to engage the power systems here in the free world as to with the story of life as life began on earth or are we derived from much earlier genetic experiment? And now uh, we've come 360 degrees and now in Washington DC as of of July and August 9th, 2023, we are raising the questions that I proposed in 1973.
1: And not only are scientists talking about, Panspermia, which means that you know some genetic codes could have gotten here through comets and meteorites and things like that, but Dr. Hertak's alluding to the most recent uh we'll say House of Representatives hearing uh that had three key players, two witnesses and one whistleblower, um which was um we'll say the
2: Ryan Graves is one
1: yes uh um, David
2: Gersh was another, or Gersh I should say.
1: And Captain Favor. so, and they were talking about what they've seen out there in space. We think this is a real breakthrough in the House of Representatives, not to mention also the Senate being interested in really hearing more about our cosmic family out there in space. And if they've been around and been seen by military for a long time, not just, you know, some pilots or some guy taking a picture out there. So this
2: is amazing. It's like writing a whole new textbook of biology, but recognizing there's a divine source. A whole new book on anthropology, but recognizing there's a great diversity of life. A whole new book on cosmology, recognizing what Christ said, my father's house of the divine house is a house of many mansions, many different, shall we say, components of a galactic, supergalactic, and super, supergalactic system without end, and certainly one that now suggests there is no Big Bang, but rather that life in the universe has always existed, beyond our human limitations, to superimpose our own space and time model.
1: Bruce, have you followed some of the hearings that's been going on?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, it's interesting. I've I've watched most of those, not not all the time, but I mean, I have watched them. But what you're talking about reminds me of the Brahma Sutras, uh, which I have been reading and have read. And it's interesting to see That according to the Brahma Sutras, this entire situation that we're looking at, all of what you are speaking about, this idea of, let me call it a template, for instance, um, the template being Brahma or Brahman. And no, there's this idea of evolution, which I've always kind of, I didn't, I've never really agreed with evolution, but I didn't want to argue with anybody about it either. (laughs) The question that I'm probably going to ask is this, do you feel like we're talking about an ongoing situation that never stops, but from our point of view always looks like there's a beginning, when really we know that there's no beginning and no end? This goes on and on and on. There's no telling how far back uh, our particular species might be, or let's call it uh, different ideas based on a much bigger species in a sense even in the vedic scriptures you know when they when they refer to um oh, Vyasa or or i don't want to get into a big thing here about the vedic scriptures but there's always like this krishna lord krishna we don't happen to look like them or we are not drawing pictures of what they're supposed to look like based on us that's what's going on up there at least that's what i believe your comments
1: yeah I often say that like do you think the angels look like us or we look like the angels I mean I think that's one of the the basics and of course I mean we are heading to Egypt shortly for uh, with a bunch of friends and the idea is that in addition to just the angels that look like us there's a lot of other forms that the Egyptians have brought out like bird headed you know, men, which other people have seen, reptilians, and I think anyone who's looked at extraterrestrial contact has talked about reptilians and insect toys. So we do feel that there's a wide variety of different intelligences we call ourselves uh, in our own lingo, so to speak, the Adamic species, and even Eve is part of that, um, you know, because that's really where we came from. And then But that- to
2: answer your question directly, yes, we appreciate the Brahma traditions, Uh, Atman is Brahma and Brahma is Atman. The universal is reflected in the human. And the Eastern Sutra scriptures in Sanskrit are part of the sacred unbroken tradition. The keys of Enoch referred to the Sanskrit uh, tradition as one of the most sacred. So in our academy studies throughout the world, we bring together the bridge between East and West. The historic as well as the futuristic The uh, references, even in our Judeo-Christian tradition, if you read carefully the book of Esther in the Old Testament, speaks of the word of God going on from Ethiopia to India. So even the enlightened scholars uh, in ancient times recognized that uh, India was the womb of, of knowledge, and that knowledge had diversified itself not only from India and Central Asia, but to the farthest reaches of the planet. So, in, in anthropological studies, in our documentaries, we asked people to go to our website, keysofenoc.org, and look at our documentary called Temple of Mu, M-U, which is our work with Japanese underwater explorers, where we were able to look at the evidences of Yanaguni in Taiwan.
1: Of past civilizations, yes.
2: Predicted in the map mm-hmm. in the Keys of Enoch, Key 215. To go to Amazon and order the uh, books Mind Dynamics, which we wrote with Elizabeth Rauscher uh, and uh, making contact with Ellen Steinfeld, noted New York journalist. I mean, these are very important stones, or should we say stepping platforms to self-realization that is necessary l- lest we fall into a panic modality of people uh, of insufficient knowledge of, of political ignorance, making assertions uh, that are basically driving people into near hysteria. We have to be prepared to evolve into cosmic citizenship.
1: And I was going to say, you asked, what was the beginning? Well, the beginning really is consciousness. That's first and foremost. And we do feel that there's a divine consciousness behind everything, uh, whether you're looking at the Eastern tradition or the Western tradition. And bottom line, we wrote a, a paper as a science paper with Elizabeth Rauscher on a multiverse, the idea that there's not just this one universe. And we like, we don't think it's a hundred percent at this point, but we like the idea of string theory, if you're familiar with that. And that is that we're vibrating kind of strings down here and you change the vibration of what we are. And like, Enlightening it, bringing it more into light, and you'll get other dimensional realities that are still also vibrating. We believe the cloth of Turin, in fact, we saw that twice. It's it's an ancient cloth in Turin, Italy. It's supposed to be of Jesus, and it's supposed to be the burial cloth that was put around him.
2: And studied by scholars at Oxford, Los Alamos, New Mexico and also connected with the Air Force Academy in the United States in the 1970s.
1: And we think it shows how Jesus went from matter to light, like we went from light to matter and then began to grow and evolve here. And even someone like Luc Montagnier, who was a Nobel Prize winner for HIV, had done some theoretical studies on how frequency vibrations can encode water with the right DNA process, so it can keep the DNA process going. So basically, you don't even have to be dropped off here by a UFO. You can actually go from light into a water process, and then the codes are maintained here. It's quite extensive, and I don't want to get too scientific on your program, but the idea is that if if everything is frequency, and that's our book Sound, right? We have that new book Sound. All life is vibration. So what does that really mean? It means that our vibrations can resonate on higher frequencies of, as well with our higher consciousness. It would
2: explain the sublimation patterns of the Christ image. There was blood on the cloth or the, the linen of the shroud. But also there is this terrific energy that appears around the physical body form.
1: Almost like a burst, like an X-ray.
2: This has a three dimensionality then my colleague at your propulsion lab, Dr. Don Lynn actually developed image enhancement technology to show that the image. I want to show this. I could mail the real? copy to you for <laughs> okay. the edit. Uh, shows the three dimensionality of the face of the Christ side. Jesus appearing outside of the two dimensional surface.
1: So they were what the scientists are saying that if this image was just painted on, And, of course, this isn't the image itself. This is the scientific explanation of the image that... But the
2: actual picture that that appears by the NASA scientist...
1: So if it was just painted on, it wouldn't look so three-dimensional. But if it was from a burst of energy and a light then it would appear more three-dimensional, and exactly what they saw when they did the study of the shroud, that it, when they took the imaging and made it three-dimensional is a perfect three-dimensional image. And it's just showing you, uh, I think people in the East also talk about that. It, the it's showing of- a
2: sublimation of energy of how we are being prepared to go beyond limitations So what we call the life that is so short. Now, this may shock some of our viewers, but when I was taken up
1: Into the light. I
2: saw the face of Christ momentarily, and that face form matches what is in the shroud. I'm saying this as a result of uh, going into uh, higher dimensional levels of consciousness that allowed my mind to be prepared to see something that was beyond history and mythology, suggesting that we are being reconnected with the higher management behind the human experience.
1: So what does this mean? It really does, as I said, all come down to consciousness. And one of the things I wanted to make sure I brought up this uh, in this program is the fact that our consciousness can influence other realities and especially realities around the planet. So we, have spent a lot of time with people like Andrea Park years ago doing prayers for peace in the Middle East. We still spend time if something is happening, like say a hurricane or a fire. We were in Sedona and there was a fire nearby. People were getting like panicky. So we said, let's all come together. Let's do a prayer. Let's neutralize that fire. We believe as the indigenous people always have told us, we have power over nature. Higher
2: spiritual power, mind over matter, Christ consciousness. And we're using that around the world. And this is so important, the teaching. It's not science by itself, but science with spirituality that gives us meaning, direction, enthusiasm, and appreciation of all life forms in the relationship to the divine source. And the divine destiny, that we are here as incarnate beings on Mother Earth, as human citizens, but we're also part of a greater evolutionary process called by Enoch, and the keys of Enoch the higher evolution and as we bootstrap ourselves and begin to take seriously the fact that we can change the realities we face we can make breakthroughs and some of this has been shown in our work with uh Ocean Coral.
1: Right. So, well, in addition, I just think we have to get out of the fear of what's taking place and empower ourselves to come together in collective families. But you can also do it individually, like people during COVID. We said, you know, you're still collectively connected with the planet, you know, and put that energy out for peace for love, for compassion, for understanding. And I think we can make a difference. We can make inroads. And even though we may not change the entirety of the planet, we are helping the planet because everything is based on consciousness. And when
2: I mentioned Orson Coral a few minutes ago, it was the fact that there's rejuvenation. We can bring the coral back to life.
1: Yeah. We also work with sustainable development in many places. And our friends are working with BioRock right now and trying to Place uh, little electric fields inside certain structures to be able to restore coral. Of course, temperatures that are up into 101 degrees now off of Key West in Florida—you know—it's very hard to keep those surviving. But you know, there's solutions for everything, and I think we just need to put our energies together.
0: Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Overself. Uh, I think the book is very important. I have it right here. Perhaps well, this is there. a very
2: interesting book that's divided into 72 chapters that's really working on the hidden aspect of the over-self or the higher self, which is within our mind's eye and seen symbolically as usually a triad of body, mind, and spirit in different color forms or the rainbow body. Some would see it as the code of Joseph's colors, multicolors. That is to say, the invitation to be part of a divine pathway or divine service uh, life. This book is highly organized and illustrated by using sacred expressions of the angels or the angelic kingdom to show how we go from passivity to a higher area of integrating mind over matter reality. So
1: it's a good primer for the keys of Enoch because every chapter and there's 72 chapters has a quote from the keys of Enoch and a sacred name and expression, which we think is important. It basically shows 72 levels of, of consciousness development and so as we would go back to the eastern teachings that we feel we have seven chakras connected with the body we feel in a certain sense we also have a higher self and that activates the eighth to the 14th chakra and we define what that is And so if we want to see ourselves as just physical beings walking around the planet, uh, you know, being little lambs for the slaughter or whatever you want to say, um, you know, then you're not understanding who you really are. We feel in addition to the physical body, we have a higher body. That higher body is not only trying to help direct us with our spiritual guides into understanding a greater reality that we're part of but also can empower us to know how to evolve and spiritually develop so we talk in this book about going to the sacred areas around the world how to connect with higher beings of light and then ultimately how to literally transform who we are by
2: finding the divine feminine within ourselves and so each of the names the 72 chapters has a drawing of the female nature within ourselves that eventually takes off the mask. This book was written several years before the COVID and the corona situation, but it basically is putting on the higher crown or corona of light by going through the valley of the shadow of the soul.
1: And here's just an example of going around the world and talking about prayers for peace that we can put that energy out. At the bottom
2: of the picture on the screen, you will see the different healing areas of the world. The sacred areas in the middle, you see the great heart that's being opened, and the image of the divine feminine that represents the missing part of the divine family. How can you have a divine family without the divine mother principle? But the idea is in the use of the names in the Hebrew, the Aramaic, the Sanskrit, as well as in the Coptic, we see how the mystical form of Christianity and that which is there in the Eastern scriptures in the early historic period, of human evolution brings us into a reality of what John the Divine sees in the marriage of the bride and the bridegroom. We are here as creations of the cosmic mind. We are here if we wish to use the Christ knowledge and energy to do miracles of science, art, music, to advance human knowledge and to raise consciousness. We are here to overcome the limitations of a culture of death with a culture of peace and wisdom and also to prepare for what we believe to be the most important time in the human history of the last 2,000 years to wait, as it were, the coming and the discernment of the different cosmic families of intelligence. Right.
1: So in essence, this consciousness field that we're living in is a state of soul evolution. You mentioned a book that we were part of writing, which is Our Moment of Choice. And ultimately, every moment is a moment of choice. So we have this duality in our system. Are we choosing the light energy, the energy to help others? or Are we choosing, we'll say the ego, self-willed reality that a lot of people want to indwell in? So these are the choices that we make. And so it's part of soul evolution. But we think also we're coming to a point, literally day of graduation, we're getting fed more and more information. In fact, Dr. Hertek was told the reason why he had his experience was to help awaken the consciousness on this planet in 64 areas of science, both from the archaeological to the astrophysical.
2: So this brings us to the last two books we published. One, The Names of Christ, Sovereign Mundi, a term that's very familiar to those who know the work of Michelangelo. This is illustrating uh, 76 different expressions in the Hebrew Aramaic uh, as well as the Greek language of Christ as the heavenly symbol as well as vehicle for ascension. And
1: it's really a book for meditation. So it's, uh, as we mentioned, 76 names that each one you can meditate per day to get a deeper understanding of the Christ vibration. That's one aspect. We actually also have a similar book for the names of the Divine Mother from around the world and also the names of the Divine Father.
2: All of these are part of the linguistic breakthroughs that we've been made, making with uh, historic manuscripts and also my training as a linguist in biblical archaeology and other areas. Then along with this is the new book on sound, which deals with our work with acoustical physics, working with Ravi Shankar, working with Carlos Santana, working with Namjun Paik from Korea, who was the first uh, scientist, engineer to Developed a video synthesizer working with Morten Sabatnik, which is the father of the the electronic symphony. So, putting all of this music and we will call engineering of sound together, we suggest it is through the use of sound vibrations, musical mantras, or the names of God with positive intentions that will bring young people out of the chaos and confusion into new identity and new, new purpose and the realization that we are spiritual beings in human form. We are here to help the human race go through this very difficult period of history, but also to be aligned with the portal of ascension.
1: And just to say a little bit more about this book, it's part of a a larger book, a series called Common Sentience. Uh, Neil Donald Walsh is coming out with his book as part of this, and we have William Henry and many other popular writers and as you can see on that cover, actually, uh, Steve Halpern, we've actually done two musical CDs now with Steve Halpern, and they're really exciting. And so the way the book is written is we do the first part, and then other writers contribute to the second part. And then the third part, we do uh, show some of the mantras and ways of augmenting you know, the uh, mental system, so to speak, even going through the... Normal vibrations from the chakras, the lam, yam, vam. you probably have learned that in some of your early training. So just to say that there are ways of, of augmenting the system, one of the uh, groups that had also contributed, there were two groups contributing to that book as well as our friends Darren Curtis and Bradley Pitt, and they use cymatics. If anyone's heard of that, there's a picture of black and white in the book, which is almost similar to what you see behind us, where you have a certain sound frequency. And it
2: produces a sacred geometry.
1: Exactly. So it's amazing that geometry is sound, and sound is geometry. So
2: this is the full circle, the realization that we are part of a cosmic family, The scientific evidences of where we go to find evidences beneath the ocean and the Orient, the Middle East, even in the New World. The realization that we have challenges, but we have also friends in space that can help us. We have some trickster groups in outer space also. This is why we need the names of Christ, the teachings of light, teachings of divinity to protect us as we discern those who are willing to advance the human race and those who wish to retard us because of our misuse of science. In psychology, but the beautiful message is God's love letter to us in the scriptures, in the keys of Enoch, that we're part of this greater family of creation. We are co-creators of going from Alpha to Omega and beyond. And this is an exceptional period of time to catch our breath and to realize what it is to be as it were recipients, as we see on the cover of the keys of Enoch, the return of the divine spirit symbolized by the dove the seven radiance of light the opening of the seven chakras or seals of our body through the divine name yodhe vodhe which is part of the genetic matrix of why we are what we are and why sacred names and sacred expressions do work and energize us with this great and exciting journey of life
0: wow we
2: want to thank you so much
0: do you have something that you would like to say to kind of uh, bring this all together
1: Well, I just want to say that this really is what we consider the time of graduation. So what does graduation mean? Well, it means that we will find our cosmic counterparts, and they are not only extraterrestrials who will make themselves more and more known, but also really our own spiritual guides and ultimately even forces of heavenly realms that we've heard about going back 2,000 and even, we'll say, 4,000, 6,000 years that are also watching and helping humanity because it really is a time that we're going to make a major shift forward. And even though for some, it's going to seem like a shift backward and there's a lot of fear installed with this, we feel that, you know, we can all be guided spiritually to be in the right place at the right time and to be helped. And it can't be through the uh the intellect i like to talk about this you always think you know well you have to be in this place because it's this time or whatever Uh, or the emotions the fear emotion it has to be by higher guidance and that's the purpose of over self-awakening to realize we do have that higher and that's the
2: opening of the tabernacle of the human heart that is the principle behind what king david writes in psalm 51 when he speaks of finding the the new spirit, the willing spirit, and the Holy Spirit, the triple use of spirit that brings us together through inner experiences, through outer realities, into cosmic awareness and a realization that we are here to serve. We are safe to serve. We are humans, but we are also part of a divine creation that's continuing, and should we say, preparing us now for the quantum changes as we go from humankind to space kind and beyond, and understanding the metaphors of what John the Divine writes of when he speaks of the heavenly Jerusalem. The cities in space, the opportunities to overcome death as we define it in the realization of the Christ nature that we put on the crown of light, the corona of life, not the corona of death. We take off the mask of the past, the shadow of fear, and let the light radiate through us, for we are indeed part of the divine image in human form and destiny. Peace be with us.
0: Thank you for watching and listening to the Timeless Voyager series podcast. Uh, We're on video players like YouTube and audio players like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Now, one thing you can do to support the growth of the Timeless Voyager series is to hit that like button, share, comment, and please subscribe. You know, it really helps to keep the podcast on the Internet so that I can keep producing content like the program you've just watched and or listened to. Also, uh, these actions are very important because they trigger algorithms that help grow the Timeless Voyager channel. Remember, there's no obligation, and these actions are free. My name is Bruce Stephen Holmes, and I hope that your own personal voyage through life towards the development of your highest potential is a joyous and successful one.